The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. G'day everyone, I'm Mac 19 and this is the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast coming to you on Port Fan Radio. And look, joining me as co-host this evening, we've got Rick. How are you, mate? Mate, I'm awesome. What about yourself? You must be very, very excited. Chomping at the bit, mate. This has just gonna, gone on too long. Are you going to last the whole podcast? Might not. Radio show, whatever it is. Anything you could might. happen any minute now. This is so George is, George is now wondering what the hell are these two guys talking about? So you better introduce our guests and just let him and put in a disclaimer at the start of the show what's going on. That's it. Uh, back on the podcast for the first time this year. We've got Port Adelaide champion and superstar, George Fiacci. Oh, wasn't that a fantastic introduction? Didn't say former, did you? <laughs> <laughs> now, where's our mate that's supposed to be on here? Where's Jennifer? What's going on? What have you I done? I don't know. To- Classic Tim Jennifer. Like, always late, isn't he? Did, is he's not sucking. You didn't heckle him at his uh, gig in the fringe, did you? Oh, we certainly did heckle him. He's probably still down there. <laughs> Probably turned up down there. That's the only gigs he, he, he does now. Is at the Fringe. Can't do his radio shows anymore. And how how was he? Was he entertaining? He was very good. I must admit. Now he's not on here. I can say something nice about him, but he was very good, very entertaining. Lots of laughs, and spoke to lots of people who went to his shows afterwards. And he was just as entertaining towards the end. So, so he did well. Did very well. Awesome. Good on That's great. You boys didn't get down there, obviously. I did get there. I I saw him pre-show, but. Uh, I actually saw another show. <laughs> so uh, it wasn't arranged by me. Uh, the staff arranged the uh, the fringe show, so I had no input into it. So, um, but, good uh, Blame the staff. That's good. No wonder Timmy hasn't turned up tonight then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's gone to another radio show. <laughs> That's right. Someone that That's pays. Uh, good work. That's so right. Right, where, do we, where do we start? Well, let's have a chat about the pre-season. It's now finished. Um, I guess there's lots of questions about our form, the potential um, makeup of our side, the form of individual players. Um, so I guess the first question is, how did we find our pre-season form as a whole? Well, you're asking me as a, from a playing point of view. I think if we, if we just go back and talk about training, I think um, they were, the, the whole squad um, was outstanding at training. There were so many personal bests that came up. I, I can't actually remember the number, but I'm sure it starts with a two. So I was thinking it was twenty odd players um, had their personal best um, throughout the training um, regime. Their, their fitness is way up, and where it was last year, um, their strength is way up. So um, so far, everything was looking pretty good from a uh, playing point of view. On, on uh, I think the first game we were all pretty happy with, especially since we played so many youngsters, yep. um, and, and some of them looked outstanding against Sydney. Uh, I think Melbourne was a disappointment. The first half wasn't too bad, but uh, the second half the, we died out a bit. So I think Kenny was a bit upset with that. And, of course, against Richmond, yeah, we, look, we looked okay. You know, it wasn't fantastic, but we looked okay. We won, which is what we wanted to do. You know, Richmond's form has been pretty good throughout the, the uh, NAB Cup. So, uh, yeah, so we're okay. So we're ready for uh, next next week. We play... Um, we're playing St Kilda here at Satellite Oval, so That's we're uh, looking forward to that on Easter Sunday. So I think we're sitting quite nicely. I think yeah. the uh, the Melbourne game did send a, a few jitters through the the camp or the supporter base anyway, because uh, 
I guess we were all expecting uh, Port to come out and, and just be dominant and you know with most of our senior players in there and and that didn't really uh, occur and I, I've got to say the, the the Richmond game was pretty scrappy wasn't it it was it was a really hard to read game oh. yeah. Have you have you watched much of Nab Cup? Have you is there been no. one good game? I think Geelong Collingwood was probably the only game I'd say Gee, that wasn't a bad game. But that was a cracker that one. Yeah. But there's been some mm. ordinary games, which is what preseason's all about. You know, you're trialing things, trialing players. You know, I think when the ball bounces next weekend, you'll see a massive difference in everyone's attitude, their commitment, and of course the structure of the teams will be totally different as well. Mm. Yeah, well, I guess you can't really take much out of the results as a whole because everyone's trying something different. You've got full teams going up against reserves teams, and as we saw on the weekend, um, you know Richmond were pulling players off the ground as well. So you can't really take anything from the results. But I was pretty impressed with um, how we played, how we went about it, you know, our structures, our ball movement, uh, things like tackling, our forward structures as well. Um, they looked uh, much improved. Um, I really like. Um, how we've gone about it this preseason, and I think if you were to add it up, I think we've probably played eight really good quarters and maybe four poor ones. So I think you'd take that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I look at and look, it, we could cancel all that out next week. We come away with a big win next week against the Saints, and I, mean, I hear what you're saying. I think probably it's, if you look at some of the individuals, you go, you know, that was that, they're looking really good. They're going to have a big year, or geez, they might struggle a little bit. I think uh, you know, I'll throw it to you guys, like. Who do you think were the uh, stars of the uh, NAB Cup? Sammy Gray, number one for me. I yeah. thought he was an absolute star. and you know, I think uh, in the first round he was playing pretty much as our number one midfielder and did a great job. And uh, when the big guns came back in, in NAB 2 and NAB 3, um, he just continued to impress. And he looks absolutely set for a massive year. He's built his body up a little bit. And um, he now looks like a real key component to our midfield group this year, which is fantastic. Yeah, how, how are we going to fit all these players into our midfield? That's, to, that's fantastic options to have, by the way. But um, they're all good ball getters. They're all quality players. Um, and it's become a real strength, hasn't it? Mm, absolutely. It yeah. It's always good I mean, to have it, options. I think what it does, it allows, uh, allows Robbie Gray to, to probably spend a bit more time up forward where he's a fantastic player and uh, uh, Travis Boak to, uh, to run around a little bit. And I think if we're talking standout players, I thought Travis has been a... A great captain in the last two games, and especially in that Melbourne game when we were falling flat, he really—you could see—he was busting his boiler and and still standing up and delivering. I think he was the only player to get over twenty possessions that game, and uh, you know he's definitely going to lead from the front again this year. Okay. Absolutely, Robbie Gray's had a really good preseason as well. Um, I guess uh, the impressive part for me was uh, just continuing on with the younger guys a bit. I think Archie played two really good games. Need played two really good games. Uh, Jimmy Tumpers as well. Um, and of course, Dougal Howard impressed with his uh, with his time on ground. Yes, and how are we going to fit them all in? That's uh, that's going to be a fantastic headache to have because I yeah you know, I totally agree with you. I think you know, Tumpus has come out of. You know, I, I don't I don't think he was when they recruited him. They had him uh, in their top twenty two, but I think because of his preseason, he's formed during preseason training, he's formed during the NAB Cup. I think uh, he's probably going to be one that's going to start. So um, someone's got to make way for him. Um, mm. And that's going to be very interesting at the selection table because uh, we've got a lot of good run-ons that are in form. Yep. What do you think of defence? What, what, what's, what's your thoughts on the defence? Uh, I thought they were fantastic. Jack Homsch has uh, stepped it up again. He, uh, he's looking very solid. I guess it's hard for um, 
Alipato just with you know with his limited um, game time. So, um, but yeah, they're looking pretty solid, and like, they were rock solid against Richmond, weren't they? What they end up leaking forty-seven points. Can't really call that leaking, can you? No, it's really not. Withstanding every game, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, I reckon yeah. you're right. I reckon Homsch, he's outstanding. He's he's just grown another leg again. He's 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 rock solid back there, and. It never looks like he's going to be beaten, so he's he's going to be one to have a to watch and have a really good year, I think. Which you know, obviously, he'd probably take that centre half back position now, uh, which means that you know, Jacko might have to look somewhere else. Big call, the big call that one. Big call. No, where would you play? Who would you put? Who's your first choice? It really depends who they line up on them, size. But who's your first choice if you were to pick a centre half back? I'd still have Jacko at centre half back. I think Homsch is at his best when he's that third man up and he can zone off. He reads the play so well. Um, and I think Jackson, with his extra height, um, I think he's probably a better fit there. I think Jackson's still pretty underrated in terms of what he brings to the site. Um, and quite simply, I think the more games that Jackson plays, the more wins that we have. So I think defensively, we've looked absolutely top notch this year. I think we can see the impact that Bassett has had pretty early on. Um, in terms of our structures, I think our press is really impressive. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, it's been certainly a very impressive um, pre-season for the defence. Yeah. And the reason I've said that is I actually love watching Jacko on the ball. I think it gives us something when he goes into ruck. He's, he's not just a tap ruckman. He, he gets the ball, he, does, he gets clearances, he's, uh, he's very competitive in there, and it's good to see him run around the ground a bit. So, you know, that's, that's where potentially he might uh, find himself quite a bit this year, I think. I got, I got back. We, we all love Jacko on the ball. We love him. I said, I said two years ago that to me Jackson's uh, looks like a natural rus, uh, ruckman. He, you know, he sort of had that jump and that leap, uh, the tap work like a um, like a Russell Johnson in a way. That's who he sort of reminded me of. And but I got bashed by the fans who said that uh, he's too valuable to play in ruck. Oh wow, yeah, it's a big call, isn't it? Too valuable playing ruck. I just remember the game against West Coast where. Um, uh, I've got to remember his name, uh, Renouf. Uh, was our only ruckman for the day. I think Loeb's had, uh, had an injury. And um, Kenny's just um, dragged, take, took Renouf off, uh, subbed him and put uh, Jacko on the ruck against uh, the biggest man, you know, Cox, in the competition. And, uh, and Jacko beat him. Yeah. You know, beat him in that last quarter, turned the game around for us. We, won- we ended up winning that game. So I always remember that game knowing that this guy is an impact player. He can actually turn a game when you throw him on the ball and in scenarios like that. So I, I thought he was outstanding. So that's always in the back of my mind. So when I see him in the ruck, I'm going, oh, here he goes. And you, mm. I watch him a, a, a lot closer than I probably did the other ruckman, Loby, et cetera. But, yeah, I think Jacko's a pinch hitter and he'll be fantastic going through the midfield. So talking about rucks, George, for you, is that a bit of a, a concern, uh, Loby's form? Yeah, it, look, it's probably not fantastic. Um, he's, he's getting his hand to the ball a bit. Um yeah, I'd like to see Lobes do a lot more around the ground, to be honest with you. But yeah, look, it, it's it's okay. You know, if you're going to say um, if there's a concern around the club or you know an area that we can probably improve in, it's probably ruck. There's no doubt about that. I think last year's no secret was became a bit of an Achilles heel for us. Um, and when we threw Paddy Ryder in there, he was outstanding. Now Paddy's gone. Uh, you know, we're back to to where we were. So I'm hoping Lobes can jump up and and grab it by the scruff of the neck, but. Who knows, you may even see someone like the big fella, old Charlie Dixon, jump in there occasionally. Oh. Wouldn't that be exciting to see? He's a I'd big love guy. to see Dixon in the row. I reckon at the Gold Coast, apart from last year, his best form was as a ruckman. 
as opposed to a key forward. He sort of changed that last year. He was really, really good as a key forward last year, but he's a very, very good impact ruckman as well. Yeah, was it just me smiling during the last half of last week's game when Charlie Dixon came on and he's pushing everyone around and grabbing <laughs> balls and making his presence filled? I just kept laughing and laughing and laughing. And <laughs> this is fantastic. Exactly what we needed up forward. Just yep. a bit of an enforcer to get everyone out the road. And uh, the players like Robbie Gray and Chad Wingard, they're just going to love it running through, getting all the you know the crumbs off him and and getting the players you know taken off off their back. So uh, yeah, that's going to be interesting to watch. Hope he stays in one piece. Well, people might think twice before they try to uh, decapitate our small forwards like Luke Hodge tried to do with Wingard. If uh, Charlie Dixon's going to throw his weight around and sort of stick up for uh, his forward buddies, um, yeah. So I'm really excited. I loved it. You know, I think we. We sort of lack that. No disrespect to Westhoff and Jay Schultz, they're not the sort of that sort of player. But we we sort of lack that strong physical enforcer type since uh, Warren Treadray retired. Yeah, no, no, I totally agree. It's, it's it, it was almost a perfect perfect recruit, Charlie Dixon. He's he's really not not just him up being forward, being that enforcer. I think it's something that we've sort of missed. I think last year we got bullied a bit and got pushed off the ball far too easy. You got someone like Charlie Dixon around the place. People think twice about you know pushing off the ball and. You know, he'll certainly make his presence felt. So, so mm. yeah, let's, let's see how good he, he can develop uh, into a Port LA player and how quickly he can develop. Because I think, uh, you know, for us to be successful, we're going to need someone like a Charlie Dixon to really stand up throughout the year. Well, the question that I've asked a few other people on the podcast in the last couple of weeks is that um, can Dixon and Schultz kick 100 goals between them? You'd hope so. You'd say yes. Yeah, you know, look, I think everyone's not really sure what the uh, lack of rotations is going to do to uh, football teams and, how, and the way they play. Now, I think we saw during the uh, NAB Cup, how many players did you see go down with cramp? Mm. Uh, you know, and, and we're yeah. talking third quarter. So, you know, there's, there's going to be um, some... They're going to have to change the way they play. They can't just come on, go flat out, flat chat, and then expect to get, get a rest because you know, that's not the way the game's going to be played anymore. So it's really going to be interesting. And I think if that's, that's what happens, then the, the players, like the big gun full forwards, we might come back into fashion again. You know, whereas mm. they're not going to have so many players being able to flood back continuously or run off. So they'll be able to uh, you know, have a bit more um, open space for them to run into and lead into and, and hopefully kick a few more goals. So that's, that's where I'm thinking it might might change but well, let's see let's see what the coaches come back with I'm sure they've got some plans as long as they don't uh, decide to flood like they used to that'll be a, a blight on the game I think if they go back back to that mm, well, and this is where midfielders that can go up forward and kick goals are going to be really really important this year as well I think um, and guys like Robbie Gray and Chad Wingard and you know, we've seen Travis Boak, you know, have match-winning performances up forward before, and and Ollie Wines obviously in that final against Frio as well. So these these guys are going to be super important this year. Yeah, Abs- oh, no absolutely. I um I just wonder, um, you know, people keep commenting that the rule changes will favour Port with our fitness or perceived fitness advantage, but I I do wonder some a team like Hawthorne. Uh, very uh, very wise in footballing terms who, who can really transition between game styles quite quickly between slow play and then uh, playing on aggressively that, this could be really to their advantage because uh, I don't think you can play a, a slingshot uh, run and gun game now for the for the whole game you're going to have to be able to play a bit of a possession type game so I think that's going to be 
uh, one of the tests for, for our team. We've, we've really struggled with that sort of team so far under Ken Hinckley's reign and we've really just been attacked at all costs. So uh, will we be able to deliver that plan B? That would probably be the big question mark for me. Yeah, look, I, I, to be honest, what? Hey. Oh, someone's in trouble. That was that was me. I, I had a... <coughs> Sorry oh, about that. Geez. thought we were about to give birth. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, so, uh, look, the funny thing about that is Ken Hinckley... Um, you know, his first, um, uh, his mantra is, it's defence first. It's not this mad attacking, which, you know, seems to be where everyone thinks, which is his mad running side. Well, that's the way we probably perceive. But really, you know, to win games of footy, you've got to defend first. And when the ball's turned over, then you run like lunatics and, and, and run them off their feet. So I think you'll find the pre-season was all about defence first. Let's really, you know, shut teams down. And then when they turn over... Then we just really slingshot and and just run off them and just you know run the legs out of them um, from that way. I think last year we got caught out big time. We were too, we were just easily taken off the ball, which is you know the, guy, uh, the teams like Hawthorne are just fantastic at it. Hodge and and the rest of his uh, uh, cronies there in the middle just threw our players out the way far too easily. So so I think um, you'll see a stronger, much stronger physical Port Adelaide uh, this year than what you did last year. And you would have seen it in the, in the NAB Cup, by the way. You would have seen you know, the physical presence and, and players bashing in and tackling hard. That's, that's what Port Adelaide footy is all about. And uh, that's what Ken wants to make sure that we're focusing on, not this you know, fantastic running game, which you know, you, at the end of the game is great to do that. But at the start, you've got to play good, hard, tough footy. It's those who want the footy the most. They're the ones who's going to win the game. So he's really focused on that preseason. So you know, fingers crossed that's what happens during the, during the season. Well, someone wanted to know, George, what's going on? With the museum, it's uh, this is the new buses topic. No more about buses. The Port fans want to know: Is there going to be a museum, or is is it a long way away? What's the plan there? Or if you can't say anything, say no comment. Well, that'd be easy. There's no comment. Next question. No, no. Look, it's definitely going. Guys, definitely going. Last Tuesday night, we had a function. Uh, we had um, about forty odd contributors to. Uh, to the museum, which uh, each person bought a locker. Um, uh, this is the old old Port Adelaide style lockers with all the players' names. So they're going to be um, they're going to hold those lockers for for four years till the museum's ready. Uh, that's probably how long the museum will take to be ready. Uh, we're hoping it'll be a bit earlier, but at this stage, it's probably that far away. Um, but it's going to be fantastic. You know? And and if you can imagine, there there wouldn't be a place big enough to host a Port Adelaide museum with all the um, memorabilia that we have at our disposal at the moment. We have containers and containers and containers of um, fantastic archives and fantastic souvenirs and, and, and Guernseys and photos, etc. Um, so the guys, what they're developing is, um, for example, if you've got a player in particular you want to check up to see from the 1920s, 1930s, you go into an area, you pump their name into the computer and up will come all the information about that particular player so electronically. So we, we'll store everything electronically and you'll, you'll be able to scroll through the history, what era they played in, possessions, awards, uh, photos, whatever it is we've got with, of them, um, you'll be able to scroll through that. So it'll be fantastic when it's all completed. Uh, very exciting, very exciting. And the plan is for it to be upstairs at Albert and Oval. So, um, so yes, that's, that's the plan. Um, yep. said four years look I'm probably guessing a bit but I'm just uh, basing that on how long they told us we've got the lockers for um, so it's, it, the planning is, is certainly well under underway 
Um, so hopefully there'll be a bit more communication when everyone knows exactly what it's going to look like and uh, they'll start to communicate a bit more to our members uh, during the season. Seeing as not here, fantastic. is mm. the rumour true that Timmy G was petitioning for a whole room just for himself? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably, yes, yes. <laughs> Jimmy. Yeah, but it's amazing how many people just bring, oh, look, my grandfather was blah, 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 blah. I've got all this stuff. I've got suitcases full of um, photos, clippings, guernseys. I'm going, great. It's just it's, there's so much material out there which people are, you know, but we can't actually all physically put it up somewhere. Could you imagine how many players have played for Port Adelaide the last, you know, 140-odd years? It's just, uh, there's just so much stuff, and it's really fantastic history to have. So I think the electronic... Uh, idea is actually a really, really clever one and I can't wait to see it in action. It'll be fantastic. I may never leave if I go up there. I'd be in there for weeks. Mm. Oh, easily. It'll take you a lot longer than weeks to get to get through a lot of it. Um, but yeah, it'll, it'll be fantastic when it's all done and uh, yeah, really looking forward to it. And look, by the way, if anyone's got suggestions out there in, in Radio Land, just uh, flick it to the club, you know, let them know because they're always open to ideas about different things or things that people have seen maybe overseas and, and some of the uh, gridiron clubs and baseball clubs have got fantastic history you know, and the soccer clubs. So if anyone's got any ideas, please flick an email through to Keith and, and his team. They'll be more than happy to uh, hear the ideas and investigate if it's worthwhile. Awesome. That's it. Well, I would like to get your predictions for the year, uh, George. So first question is, where do you think we're going to finish on the ladder in 2016? Well, Stupid question. Of course, I think we're going to finish top. Uh, who's going to uh, finish out the top four? Well, maybe I'll just tell you who's going to. Well, I think going to finish in the top four. Um, obviously, we're going to win. Um, oh, that's not a bad question. Oh, where the season started, let's have a look. look. Hawks are going to be around the place again. Um, I'm not so sure about Sydney. West Coast have got a few question marks as well. Um, I think Frio will be around. Yep. They're always a good, strong team, but they just struggle come um, finals time with their, with their game. I reckon Geelong might be around the place. They're, uh, they seem to be a bit of a dark horse. So have I named four teams yet? I think so. Yeah, yeah, we'll Port, take that. Port right. Hawks, Geelong and Freo. I like it. Uh, well, who's going to be our best well. and fairest? Oh, Bokey. Bokey, definitely, yes. Uh, leading goal kicker? Oh, big Charlie Dixon. Yeah, that's if he doesn't get reported every second week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be interesting. Um, who's going to win the wooden spoon? Uh, oh, look, I've thought a bit about this one. I'd probably uh, toss up between Essendon and the Crows. <laughs> <laughs> that's... Oh, yes, no. Actually, oh, Crows are looking all right. I've, I've got to take my hat off to them. They've... Uh, the pre-season form has been pretty good, but we'll see what it's like when the real games start. Look, Essendon, Carlton, you, you're going to, you know, if they don't look like they've improved, or poor old Essendon, obviously, losing the majority of their players, but Carlton don't look like they've improved that much, so we'll see how they go. But I think it'll be out of those two. Yeah. I think it's all going to come down to injuries with those two teams. Whoever's uh, Whoever stays fitter for longer, I think, is probably going to win maybe one or two more games, but... I don't know, it wouldn't surprise me if Carlton finished bottom this year. Yeah. Yeah, look, you've got other teams there, I suppose. You know, people say St Kilda, but I actually like St Kilda. They've got some quality players in there, and probably Brisbane. You know, how Brisbane's going to go this year? They've had a couple of key injuries already. 
Mm. Um, yeah, so you know, there's there's a few other clubs, but geez, it's an even competition. You just you never know. You really never know. Just a, a question in terms of memberships. Um, how are we tracking? Do we look like breaking uh, last year's membership record? Well, that's the that's the target. So we're we're, we're hoping to get um, last year. We got what was the exact number? It was just over sixty? Yep. So I think we're, we're looking at about sixty-four is our target. We're okay. tracking about fifty-seven, I reckon, at the moment. Last mm. I saw, uh, which is pretty good. So we'll see how we go. It's pretty good considering we've done no marketing at all for memberships. Well, no, done, we've done no advertising like we've done in the past. You know, we've had the buses and the the trams and all that sort of stuff, but. We haven't really started any sort of advertising campaign. To, so to have 57,000 members already is, yeah. uh, is phenomenal. Oh, it's outstanding. And, but, you know, you'll, you'll see that um, the new commercial with featuring Kenny on there, it's a fantastic commercial. So that's, you know, that's not just to drive membership, but just to drive the Port Adelaide ethos and you know, expectations for the year, which we hope in turn you know, does result in memberships. But you know, at the moment, people, you know, a lot of memberships are tied around season tickets and uh, seats at Adelaide Oval. And there's really not too many spots left. You know, there's, um, you know, trying to get everyone a seat is really difficult. And there's only three or four thousand general admissions, I think. It might be actually five to six, to be honest. You have five, six thousand general admission tickets available each week. And, and that's really it. We chuck a block, which is a fantastic position to be in, by the way. And uh, we're certainly not complaining. So the only other memberships we can get is just uh, people want to be members of Port Adelaide you know, and don't care if they can get them the footy or not. Well, that would be the next uh, the next challenge, I guess, going forward. Once we can sustain uh, this membership and continue to grow it, how do we um, how do we engage those uh, those members that are unable to get a ticket? Um, uh, maybe through digital uh, digital memberships and, and other interactive ways. Um, but that'll be a good problem to have, I'm sure. Oh, fantastic! You know, compared to where we were a few years ago, this is. Uh outstanding so you know full credit to Maddie Richardson his membership team at the footy club they've done a fantastic job just getting everyone on board and um, being able to grow so much in, in, in two years or three years now has been outstanding so yeah no, they're doing a really good job but yeah look we, we can't take them for granted a lot you know and the truth is we actually are the cheapest ours is the cheapest membership going around out of all the AFL clubs um, and you know that, we can't sustain that once we're full then obviously prices need to go up, but also you know we're not uh, silly about it. We're not greedy. We want to make sure we reward the guys who've been with us for a long, you know, the good and bad, and uh, make sure that we make Port Adelaide entertaining when they come to watch us play footy. So that's, that'll be our goal this year to make sure everyone gets there, has a great day out, great night out, and uh, and want to renew their membership next year. That's always our our goal. Mm-hmm. Plus, win the premiership. Yeah. Yes. Who did you guys pick, by the way? You threw me under the bus. Who are you guys <laughs> going to win the Premiership? Macca? I, we'll ma- I think we'll make a grand final. I think I had us playing. Oh, here we go. I think I had us playing against Sydney in the grand final. Right. Sydney. Sure you did. Sydney. Okay. I reckon this is going to be their last remember. big crack with, uh, with Buddy and Tippett. I think uh, after this year, they might drop off a little bit. Because uh, they do have uh, quite a lopsided list and a lot of ageing players, so I reckon they're going to give the the flag one big red hot crack this year, and um, and they might just get it if we don't. So, mm. I think I went Port Port Hawthorne, didn't I? I think and, so. Yeah, uh, and Frio and West Coast to to round out the four. Oh, West Coast! All right, yeah, well, we're not far yeah. away. 
Yeah, and I think I think Paul will. Uh, I think Paul can can get it done. We'll see. I think. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't want to count anything again like I did last season because I thought we were sitting pretty at three and two. Uh, we had we had our hard run and we were into the so-called easy games, which ended up being a disaster for us. So uh, I don't think we can really talk about we've got a, a comfortable draw in the first eight rounds because. You know, if the players are thinking like that, well, who knows what the hell will happen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We've got the squad, we've got the fixture, we've got the star players, we've got the coaches, we've got the structures. You know, time to make history. No, no excuses. No, that's right. That's right. And, and it shouldn't be either. I'm certainly not going to hear any of us making excuses. Our, our expectations mm. are we, you know, we expect to finish in the top four, and that's what we hope happens. But again, you know, football's a funny game, and you've got to bring your... Yeah, Graham, every week because uh, yeah, it's AFL footy and uh, any team can beat anyone on, on their day. So mm. as we saw last year, we we you know, the two games that cost us big time were the Carlton and Brisbane games, which, you know, till the lowest clubs finish you know, bottom and second and bottom, that really hurt us and cost us our finals position. So, you know, so mm. each week you've got to be switched on, you've got to be mentally tough. And I think that's one of the question marks a few commentators have around the place, whether we're mentally tough enough to... Uh, to play a whole season of AFL footy, so let's see what they've done. The work they've done in pre-season. Hopefully, we'll see uh, you know the first six games, which are probably you know, part of the draw, is probably puts us in a good position. You know, that'll sort of tell the tale of uh, of our season. You know, if we have a really good start, which we should, then you know, it really sets us up to uh, you know, push through that middle part of the year and then really ramp it up towards the end of the year, leading into finals. And just quickly before uh, before you go, you got re-elected to the board last year. Is that yes, right? I did. Yes, yes. Thank you to everyone who, well, actually, no one voted for me because no one ran against me. So oh, I expected you to run well. against me, Rick. But that was uh, that was nice, which which means people oh. for what the board's doing, which is good, you know, because the board is well balanced. It's uh, uh, and certainly I was on the board quite a few years ago, and it certainly did not operate like this board does. This board really has a football club. As its prime focus and uh, the success of the football club, you know, it's not just about winning premierships. It's also about making the community proud. And and you'll see a lot of the work we do is not just about winning footy games. It's also about engaging our members, engaging the community, doing some fantastic work out in the community. And you'll see we're starting to expand our brand overseas. And you'll see some big announcements in the next uh, few weeks, months, wherever it may be, about you know some of the work we're doing in, in community. So I'm um, really looking forward to it. You know, that's Port Adelaide, as far as I'm concerned. You know, I've, I've always been a Port man, but it's always they've always been very active in their local community, and our local community now is not just Port Adelaide; it's all over the place. But you know, we're, we're not certainly not forgetting where we come from, which is what I really love about this board. So, so yeah, nice to get uh, back on there for another three years. So, fingers crossed, we have a bit of success, and I can sit on for another three years after that. Let's so, see. it sounds like you're enjoying Beautiful. the role. Oh, definitely, yeah, it's fantastic. Look, it's as a past player, I got. I was, once I finished playing, I actually moved away from football because I knew I had to break myself from the football environment and uh, focus on what my next career was going to be, uh, which happened to be in media. So uh, you know, then when the club was in strife and, you know, and got a few phone calls, I came back in and saw what was happening there. I thought, look, the only way we can do this is to you know, stop blaming everyone and pointing fingers. So let's just get in there. Let's do something about it. Let's see if we control what's going to happen here and uh, make some changes, and we did. And so one of the things was I had to jump on the board. You know, if, if I'm going to try to be active, I've got to make sure it starts at the top. And you know, I jumped on the board, and we had a new board and Koshy at the front. I'll tell you what, they just take the Port Adelaide 
message each and every board meeting. That's the first thing they talk about, the Port Adelaide message and what is Port Adelaide, where do we come from? So I sit there going, fantastic. I don't really need to say too much about the Port Adelaide tradition because they all understand it and they all live and breathe it. So it's, you know, now it's going, we understand where we come from, understand we've got to bring our members with us. They're the most important people here. So how do we become successful now? And, and that's what we focus on. I mean, look, you've done a great job and uh, there's a reason that no one would run against you, mate. I, I think no one would run against any of the board because, uh, you know, the board's doing a fantastic job and we're uh, on a, everyone's in the same direction and, you know, everyone's happy, everyone's unified and uh, it's an exciting time for our footy club and where we're going and, you know, it's, uh, I think, I know you regard the, the role as an honour and I think... Uh, the supporters uh, are honoured to have you on there because you're doing a fantastic job and also the staff that aren't on the board that represent Port Adelaide. I think, you know, the teamwork that's coming out of the club is just uh, fantastic and you can, you can see it through the, the engagement with the supporters and how happy they are. Yeah, yeah. And look, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not... It's a fantastic job and, and like, you know, I probably should have said up front, you know, it's, it's an, actually an honour to be on there, but I will say that the, the football club has grown tremendously uh, and, and, you know, some of the... You know, some of the growing pains we had have had, you know, we had to have because we've grown from, you know, an organisation where they had probably about 50 employees 10 years ago to 160, 170, I think it sits at the moment. And, you know, when the footy department's over 50 full-time employees, you're going, wow, it's just a really, really big business. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's really hard working in it. For Keith and, and his team, you know, the CFO and Stephen Dawes and Matty Richard, these guys just work day and night. Um, just to get things done. So you don't really see the hard work goes behind the scenes, but these guys are really working hard. And you know what? And it's fantastic to see them because, uh, you know, the only reward they get is, you know, seeing Port Adelaide successful and seeing fans happy and seeing seeing the excitement at Adelaide Oval and when they, you know, the players run out the open, the scarves are up and never Terrace Park comes on there, you just the smile on everyone's face, everyone's going, this is just fantastic. It's uh, just really exciting and I can't wait for footy season to start. It's been far too long. So I'm really looking forward to that first game, Easter Sunday. I'll be sitting there with my flag above, my flag, my scarf above my head eating Easter eggs. So it'll be good. good (laughs) Love it. That's what it's all about. It is. It is. Well, George, we won't keep you any longer, mate. We've had enough of him. Yeah. I don't know what's happened to Tim. It's quietest he's ever been. Fantastic. Most sense he's ever made. <laughs> yes, good work. We'll, uh, we'll get him back another time, I'm sure. Indeed. And happy yeah. birthday, guys. I'd see up that you guys have been going for 12 months. Is that the story? Oh, Poor Fan Radio's... Poor Fan... Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the radio's been going for 12 months. We've been going for... I think this is our fourth year doing the podcast, so... Oh, okay, so Poor Fan Radio, I saw there was a birthday cake there. I'm presuming it was a birthday, but... Might have been just you guys eating, picking out again. Yeah, pretty much. I think it's just it's just our code to try and sneak in a bit of crap food when we can. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, it's a chocolate mud cake. That would be pretty awesome. That's oh, it. very nice, very nice. Like it. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, thanks thanks once again for coming on, on, mate. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. Good to chat. Well, we might as well talk about uh, the NAB Cup and also, um, or sorry, the NAB Challenge, and also go through our love and hate. So sure. what we might do is go through uh, love and hate first. One thing we loved, one thing we hated about Port Adelaide this week. Rick, mate, what you love? What did I love? I um, uh, I don't know. That's a really tough one. It was. I guess I love winning. I think winning's good. It gives me reassurance, and I'm a big believer of uh, winning form is good form. And uh, so yeah, even though I 
I'm not convinced with what we dished up against Richmond was uh, our best form. Yeah, it's good to have a confidence builder coming into the season, and uh, yeah, that that'll be my love for the week. I like it. Uh, look, my love is, I guess, on a similar note. It's uh, I love that Richmond tried to challenge us physically. And we just basically destroyed them to the point that they were pulling players off the ground in the last quarter. You know, it was good to see another team try and take it to us physically. And for us to stand our ground and, and you know, we didn't put up with any garbage, I thought it was great to see. Mm, absolutely. And, I mean, that's going to come at us a lot this year, I reckon. People are going to try to uh, distract us and, uh, and put us off our game. And, you know, we've got a lot of star players now, so everyone has to concentrate. And, I mean... I think uh, Dustin Martin shows is a prime example. If you don't have the focus and the conf- concentration, you, uh, you easily get distracted. That's it. Uh, what about your hate? My hate is the breaks in the pre-season and the lead-up to the the actual season. I I just want the game to start, and it just yeah. feels like it's you know once they start the the nab, it just seems to be protracted and. It just, um, yeah, you know, I'm not a big fan of the gaps and the, the buys. And, you know, I would have just liked game, game, game. Let's hit the road and let's get on the way. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think we had, what, three weeks out of four with no AFL or no port in, uh, in Adelaide. Uh, is that really a, a conducive, uh, successful lineup for fostering AFL football here in the state? I'm not convinced. No, that's a fair call. My hate is, uh, well, it's just got to be the crack, doesn't it? I mean, come on, the man. Crack. What are you doing? What the hell are you thinking? Yeah. Injured, oh, given leave to go back home, he ends up getting king hit whilst drunk. I mean, it's just so disappointing. A bit bit of a kick in the face, given only a few weeks ago he was added back to the senior list uh, for the season. So, um, you know, pretty disappointed in him. I know he's remorseful, but... Um, I guess it's easy to be remorseful. It's it's a bit tougher to uh, to have that sort of self control in the first place to not put yourself in these sorts of uh, positions. I guess, but is, is hopefully he bounces a, back. Is it a bit of a warning sign? We've had the big dicko bonging on in Gold Coast with his baits when he wasn't supposed to, apparently, and and now we're crack out at the clubs and getting smacked in the head. Is this uh, is there going to become a bit of a uh, cultural spiral down the hill for Port Adelaide. Let's hope not. <laughs> that, would, that would be horrible. <laughs> yes, but who knows? We'll yeah. wait and see. Hopefully strong leadership will prevail and uh, you know these wild, uh, these wild cards will uh, rein themselves in and uh, follow the team rules. That's it. Well, let's talk about NAB 3. I mean, it feels like an age ago now, but uh, Port played Richmond at uh, Etihad Stadium last Thursday night. And uh, survived the carnage on the park and came away with a 48-point victory. Uh, Robbie Gray, Jay Schultz and Chad Wiggengard kicked two goals each. Uh, what were your thoughts on the evening, mate? Yeah, I, I found it, on TV anyway, I don't know about you, but I found it a really, really hard game uh, to watch, like to find any system uh, to the style. It was just really congested. Uh, and I've noticed comments on the board, you know, making reference to Nathan Bassett and his style. Um, so I don't know if it's the Bassett um, influence, but, yeah, it was a really, really hard, you know, sometimes you, you can watch teams and go, well, that's their game style. 
uh, with us, it was just really fragmented. And I mean, oh, maybe that's a good thing because maybe we're going to be completely unpredictable this year. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, we had. Look, I think the noticeable thing, I guess, against Richmond as well. Um, is, again, we had an even spread of team performers. Um, I had a friend of mine doing one of those fantasy drafts this weekend coming and all gone, and I said, look, you know, in relation to, you know, Magic Ball when it's for Porter, I'm not sure that we we might have that sort of style this year. I think we're probably going to have, you know, nine players maybe potentially getting 22 to 25 disposals over, you know, one or two getting in the 30s or close to the 40s and then the rest struggling behind. But, um, you know, we seem to be playing a direct game plan and um, you know how I keep banging on about the switch, Macker. I've, I've been looking out to see what we're doing with that this year and there just has been none whatsoever. We are just going straight down the line. There's no backwards and trying to go around the zone. We're, we're just going straight down the guts straight away. Is that a fair call? That is a fair call. We can't talk about the switch because there has been no switch, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. No, it is a fair call. We're just going straight down the line and, uh, yeah, just going, uh, I guess, as direct as possible, which is, uh, which is good. It's what we want. You know, it's, it's, for the main part, sort of fast, exciting football, and that's you know, what we've been known for for the last sort of two or three seasons. And, you know, hopefully this year it, uh, it really comes off and, and we win a lot of games because of it. But, you know, I, I do agree it was a... A fairly scrappy affair. I mean, as I said before, it was quite physical. You know, there was lots of niggle going on. And um, I guess in terms of our disposable efficiency, we were a little bit sloppy at times. There was a lot of sort of kick and hopes up forward and, you know, sort of kicks to no one in particular. And I think that made it maybe a little bit more scrappy than uh, than what it could have been. Yeah. Um, well, I guess, yeah, the fitness, as George pointed out, with the cramping, um, it's really interesting as well how early it's coming for, for players. And, God, I hope it means that the big forwards are going to come back. I love the, the small forwards and the influence of the game, but I, I really miss those big key forward, forwards and their, their influence. And, uh, you know, it's a little bit boring now with the even spread of um, uh, forwards and goal kickers. You know, I used to love the big Scott Hodges and, uh, you know, and all of them, even Buddy Neville Roberts and... You know, they brought some of Rick Davies, all those sort of players in the SANFL and the Lockets and uh, Gary Ablett. They, you know, they bring people through the gates. They're exciting players. And, you know, so if, we, if the limiting of rotations facilitates those players coming back in the vogue, I think, I think that's a good thing. But like I said before, um, I guess it's, I think we're definitely going to need two game styles this year. We're going to need a, an efficient possession game style in addition to our run-and-gun game style. Otherwise, our players won't run out of game. Yeah. No, I think that's definitely fair. I think the game is going to slow down a little bit, and I think we're, we're well-positioned to deal with that. Um, I think we can add a, another sort of different game style in, in going pretty defensive. I think uh, what we saw on the weekend was, I guess you'd call it the full-court press, uh, really worked very, very well. I think Bassett did a great job in setting that up. Um, Richmond just had no idea how to break through it. Um, and that's going to be important this year, especially against the better sides, especially against quick sides. If we can set up quickly and put a lot of pressure on, it's going to really make it really difficult for oppositions uh, to keep winning scores against us. Well, last year we, we seemed to bleed a lot of those over-the-back run into an open goal um, situations, whereas um, that has been noticeable that we've been able to minimise that effect quite a lot. So we'd have to give credit to Nathan Bassett there. 
and uh, hopefully that continues on because uh, yeah, that's that's something we um, we really need to be mindful of. I guess I just think of the Frio factor. Every time we play Frio, I just think of bloody uh, Ballantyne running into an open goal behind our defence all by himself. That's 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 the image I have. So. Yeah, if we can lock that down, um, that would be great. And and like uh, we mentioned just earlier, I think the I think the defensive unit is looking rock solid. I'm not sure if Jackson's homeless just yet, but um, I think uh, Jackson, Alipati, and and Homsch, uh, you know, the three tools are vital. And it's good reassuring. Tom Jonas looks good. He looks in good form again. Yeah. Look, I think for me, I don't think we can win a premiership without Jackson Trengo down back. I think he's no. he's the only defender that we've got with genuine height that can take the wrestling ruckman that can take you know the, the big key fours like uh, your Tom Boyd's and your Kurt Tippett's these sorts of players who are you know heading towards two hundred centimeters. He's the only player that we've got that can effectively sort of defend against that in terms of height. Mm. Um, so whilst Holmes is definitely a, a better player, you know, nicer kick, all that sort of stuff, and and Carlisle's super important. I think. Trengove just sort of uh, ties the, def- the defence together perfectly. Mm. Um, I think if he goes down again for another sort of five to ten weeks, I think you know we might struggle, especially with Cleary out um, for quite some time. Um, and again, Cleary's only, you know, what, 192, 193 centimetres. So, you know, Trengove's super important. Absolutely. Until we get Logan Austin fit and consistent... Um... Yeah, we don't really have a natural replacement. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, even though I agree with George, I do like him in the ruck. Um, uh, yeah, I think he, we very much need him back there. And, and talking about rucks, uh, even though I've been bagging the crap out of Lovey this pre-season, I, I thought there were some positive signs uh, to come out, not necessarily in his tap work and his ball judgment in, at the ruck contest, but I thought his second efforts in the pack were a lot more ferocious. Uh, he was getting dipped down and dirty and really trying to hold the ball in in that contested situation. So uh, maybe he's just starting to find a rhythm now. Yeah. I don't know. I thought he got beaten by Hampson, who's played, you know, what, 20 games in three years. And I don't know. I, again, you know, Hampson's a, a pretty tall ruckman and Loby just seems to struggle against that sort of player. But, you know, I think, um, you know, there's been a lot of discussion about Loby on the boards uh, in the last week. Um, I think he's still going to have a pretty good year and, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he plays and um, and hopefully he can get back to his best uh, throughout the season. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I'm not saying that he's a superstar back in the making again. I, all I'm saying is I just think, uh, yeah, I can see some signs, but his, his tap work was still pretty poor and he's still still misjudging the bounce or the throw of the ball. And, uh, you know, they're, they're massive concerns for us and there's lack of influence around the ground. Uh, we can't really carry that. So hopefully he keeps uh, he steps up come uh, St Kilda and uh, off we go. Do you do you think the St Kilda game is going to be a bit of an issue for our attendance being over the uh, Easter long weekend? Uh, I don't think it's going to be a full house. I think if we get uh, you know over 40, I think we'd be pretty happy. Yeah. Yeah, I think but so. But then first game, I think, you know, maybe a lot of people might come out. Maybe there'll be... Maybe um, people will give away their tickets to friends that, that can go to the game and that sort of thing, so... Yeah. So did you have anything else that you took away from the Richmond game? Yeah, well, we might as well talk about some individual players, and I guess Charlie Dixon's the, the main one that we should talk about. You know, his first game for Port Adelaide. Uh, had seven touches, three marks, kicked a goal, uh, pushed over about five players, um, and just looked like an absolute boss out there. 
Yeah, he was awesome, wasn't he? He was uh, he was very exciting, and uh, yeah, I'm he uh, he should. It's going to be really enjoyable watching him play out a full forward, and I, I just I just can't see how Jay Shields and uh, Justin Westhoff won't benefit from, it, let alone Chad Wingard benefit from him being in our side. Oh, they have to. He's going to um, attract numerous defenders, you would think, because he's just so big and he's so quick as well. I guess that's something that you. I haven't really noticed before is just how quick he is off the mark. For someone that's 200 and 100, he's, uh, he's an absolute beast of an athlete. Um, his set shot kick at goal was uh, was suboptimal, I have to say. But, um, yeah, I've got big hopes for him this year. And I think he can kick 60-plus if he stays fit for the whole season. And, um, yeah, he just uh, looked really, really impressive. Hey, that was, my, that was my call, mate. You can't start stealing my calls, man. Well, I said him and Schultz are going to kick 100. For the year, so. Ah, uh, I, I said 40 would be a pass mark if he played yeah. sort of 15 and above games. But I reckon if it, I reckon he can kick 60, Schultz can kick 40. And if that happens, especially if Wingard, you know, still hits his sort of two goals a game average, you know, we've we got to be finishing high up the ladder with that. Do you, um, do you think there's a spot for Brendan Archie and Sam Gray in our round one side together? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think both will definitely start. I don't, I don't see how they can't start because they've both been pretty impressive um, through the preseason. I guess Archie had a quiet game against Melbourne, but his Sydney game was really good. Um, he was just about best on ground. I thought against uh, against Richmond, he had twenty four touches, seven clearances, kicked a goal. You know, he's just um, he's just grown into a really well rounded footballer. Yeah, um, and I think he has to be there in round one because. I guess the best thing about him is that he gives um, someone like Wine, someone like Boak, someone like Robbie Gray a break in the midfield. And he's a big body. He can still win clearances. Um, so we don't actually lose anything from him being in there. Yeah. Yeah. I still think that them both um, in the team uh, is to our benefit for the star on bowlers because they're not superstars yet. And um, but they are taking and filling a role very very nicely, and um, yeah, it just is just great benefit for us because it takes the pressure off Chad having to spend ridiculous time and affecting his body in the midfield, and it gives Robbie Gray the ability to rest up forward where he's so damaging. Um, yeah, it just gives us a lot more versatility, and I guess. I'm not so convinced on uh, Tumpus, though, uh, potentially, potentially being an automatic inclusion around one side. I don't think he's automatic. I, f- I would have him in, personally. I think it's going to be a, a toss of the coin between him and Matt White. I think Matt White's been pretty unimpressive so far in the preseason. He just hasn't really found any sort of touch, hasn't really got much of the ball. Uh, I guess he's been playing a different sort of role up forward, but... I think it's going to be a toss of the coin. And if you look at who played, he pretty much played best available on uh, on Thursday night against Richmond, except for Polek. So you add Polek to that team, three players have to come out. You would think Carl Amon would be one. You would think Dougal Howe would be, would be the second. Um, so I guess you're sort of 50-50 on, maybe it might be Matty White, maybe it might be Jimmy Tumpus. Oops, I muted myself. Sorry. Yeah, I, look, I just, I wonder, I was trying to find the actual side that's uh, to just refresh my memory. But yeah, you'd think Amon would be out, definitely. Um, um, yeah, maybe Polak won't play round one. Maybe we're playing a bit of games there. Oh, if he's fit, he's got to play round one, surely. 
Yeah. You, has he done enough this pre-season outside of fitness? I think so. I thought he was really good in NAB 2. Um, NAB 1, he didn't get much of the ball, but everything he touched turned to gold. So, look, yeah. he just he's he just straightens us up so much. Um, he's the best kick in the team. He's got to play. He has to play it, round one. It's really interesting, like, because Matt White previously has been the sort of player in that, with that form where I've gone, yeah, he should probably uh, not be playing, and he's been played... Anyway, um, so I just wonder if now they will go. We've got enough depth so he can start in the seconds and and work his way up, or if they will um, will persist with him. It's a it's a really interesting uh, situation for us to be in. We've finally got some really strong depth. Yeah, I think maybe Jarman Impey might be another one that may fall out of the side if we choose to go with Matt White and Jimmy Thomas. I, I would say he's probably the next sort of player in line to miss out, but. Mm. I, I still really like MP. I like uh, what he brings to the side defensively, and um, you know he could be a star if he just uh, if he reaches his potential. Um, I guess the other player I wanted to talk about was Ollie Wines. It was his first, um, I guess, proper hit out um, where he's actually come to play, um, and I thought he was wonderful. Uh, Twenty six touches, three marks, um, should have kicked a goal, seven clearances, in only uh, just over sixty percent time on ground. Yeah, and uh, when did he start cramping? Second or third quarter? Yeah, yeah, he ran bloody hard. And, um, yeah. yeah, he sort of paid for it physically, I think, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, but, look, it's a good sign. Uh, I mean, he's going to be a great player for us. And, uh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really optimistic. It's going to player management this season, especially in the beginning. It's going to be very, very interesting, I think, with the limited rotations. Yeah. Yeah. But it's all good. I'm excited. I'm I'm actually foregoing going away this Easter in in lieu of going to Port V St Kilda on Sunday. So um, Sunday week. So uh, hopefully we have a crackerjack of a game. What about you, mate? Let's uh, uh, with your um, with your imminent arrival. You're going to be coming to the first game. Yeah, I'll be there with bells on, mate. I can't wait. Chomping at the bit. Can't wait to have a beer at the village and uh, and get into the ground and. See the lads in action. It's going to be great. Cool, cool. Might have to uh, sneak into the uh, locker room again this year. That's it. Awesome. Oh, my God. I'm getting a call. I think it's time to go. That's it. Until next time, everyone. Thanks for listening. Adios. Thanks for my, um, putting up with my unprofessionalism once again. And a big shout-out as well. I want to give a big shout-out to the other shows of the Port Fan Radio Network. Yes. Um, the uh, onwards to victory, the Magpies hours uh, started back up again. That's uh, that's been really really good, um, and a huge shout out to the Game Day podcast boys. Um, you know they're doing some really good things and, and lots of great analysis in their podcast as well. So make sure you subscribe, um, and everyone check out uh, all the different shows. And we've got uh, Al and the boys are coming back with a, a new show. And uh, I can't. Sorry, Al. I know you're going to bash me. I think he's going to call it. They're calling it the Alberton Bar or something like that. So they're they're going to go more yep. a front front bar approach. And yep. uh, and the Port Adelaide pair uh, coming back once again to do their shows on a Monday night. So they might be doing a double header with us, Macca. Look at that. I mean, why would you need? to listen to a commercial radio at all. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I know sometimes it gets a bit of a challenge trying to connect to our, our frequency. So just give us the feedback and we'll try and make it as easy as possible for people to try and tune in. But we'll have two shows on a Monday night. We'll have our Tuesday night show, Wednesday night show, and obviously the Thursday review show with, with Porsche, Porsche helping us out. So um, Macca and myself are going to take a Thursday night rotation off and Porsche's going to be the permanent fixture. Have we told Porsche about this yet? Oh, I think she's uh, she's got a bit of an agreement. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, as long as, as long as this isn't the first uh, announcement for us. So uh, <laughs> so the three of us will be uh, in rotation and, uh, and helping out on throughout the year. And uh, I guess you'll have to put up with me not being here for a bit of a hiatus, but I guess you're used to that now. I'll let you get to your barking dog. Good luck with your, your wife and your new arrival coming any second and uh, we'll speak to everyone next week indeed come the pass go the power goes forward again for port adelaide no laughing matter for the ruse treadray oh don't tell me oh treadray party time and thank you very much